Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Today I want us to study godly relationships. So if you're taking notes, at the top of your notes, write the value of godly relationships. And uh, in order to lay a foundation on what I'll be teaching this afternoon, we will read a number of verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning with verse 12 through to 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 through to 27, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, the value of godly relationships. Let's begin to read in verse 12, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies has many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body 
and each of you is a part of it. May the Lord bless the reading and the studying of his word this afternoon. Now, if the body of Christ is to function the way God designed it to function, it's important that we understand the value of godly relationships and, and respect our differences within the body of Christ. That's important for us to receive a revelation of how God views relationships and respect our differences within the body of Christ. Paul explains in the verses that we just read that we need, uh, we, we, uh, in the verses we read, the need we have for each other and the care we should have for each other if we are to function the way God designed his body to function. The glue, of course, that holds the body of Christ together are loving relationships that have been brought together by God and are held together by mutual honor and respect. Relationships in the eyes of the Lord carry high priority. They're very, very important. And they carry tremendous value and importance with the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 23 and 24, Therefore, if you bring your gift, he said, to the altar, and there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. You see here, the Lord requires that our relationships in the body of Christ must be in order before we worship or before we serve him in any meaningful and acceptable manner. He says, you come to the altar, you have your gift to offer it to the Lord, and there you remember, or the Spirit reminds you that never mind you have something against your brother, but your brother has ought against you, then don't offer your gift, go be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift and it will be received and accepted. That tells us that our worship and ministry to the Lord cannot rise above the quality of our relationships. Every relationship we have in the Lord, I believe, is a gift given to us from God and it needs to be managed properly and needs to be nurtured and invested into. You see, relationships are like your garden at home. You neglect your garden for a few weeks, then it's filled with thorns and thistles. You have to tend to it. You have to take care of it. You have to look after it. The same with human relationships. So much time and resources are invested into things that carry no real value or weight in the light of eternity. 
And I believe that it's time we reevaluate our priorities in life and begin to invest, truly invest, into those things which carry true value with God. Sometimes we value things in the world that in the eyes of God carry no value. And it's important that we learn what God values so that we can wrap our hearts around those things that are valuable to God. Jesus said something very profound. He said that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In other words, what we treasure in life, what we consider valuable in our lives, our hearts will wrap itself against those things that we truly value and we truly treasure in our lives. If we value and treasure earthly or material things, our hearts naturally will wrap themselves around earthly things. But if we value things of the spirit, our hearts and our pursuit in life will be wrapped around those things of the spirit. That is how things work. Where your treasure is, what you treasure, what you consider valuable, what you consider important, that's where your heart will be. If relationships, according to the word of God, are of high value and priority with him, what do you think or where do you think we should be investing and what should we be doing? Obviously, we should invest in relationships, especially those relationships that have been brought together by God in the spirit. The Bible says that the body, each member of the body is placed exactly where God wants it to be placed. God joins us together. And if the Lord has brought us together, then that relationship ought to be considered valuable and important to us because there is a hidden purpose in every relationship that God brings together. Now, of course, there are different kinds of relationships. Not all relationships are the same nor do they carry the same value or the same importance, but all godly relationships are important. For instance, my relationship with the Lord Jesus is far more important than any other relationship because if I neglect my relationship with the Lord, the result will be that every other relationship will suffer as a result of it. My marriage will suffer, my uh, ministry relationships will suffer. That is the foundation of all relationships. So investing in my relationship with the Lord Jesus by spending quality time with him, in prayer, of course, in fellowship with his word, is never a waste of time. What am I doing? I'm cultivating, I am investing, and I am nurturing the most important relationship that God has given me, and that is with his son, the Lord Jesus. This is where you and I receive our daily strength from, our encouragement, 
This is where we receive divine direction. My purpose is renewed and my life in him finds purpose and meaning and fulfillment through this personal relationship with the Lord. Family relationships are also very important. More important, of course, than my work or ministry relationships. The Word of God tells me that if my relationship with my wife is not in order, then the Word of God says I will be greatly hindered in the execution of my ministry towards my flock. And then Peter says my prayers will be hindered. And many of us at times, because of insensitivity, we don't realize that we can pray. But if our relationship with our spouse is not where it should be, at least as far as we are, as far as we can, as far as we concern, then our prayers will be hindered. That is why we should walk in love and forgiveness on a daily basis. Now, because of that importance, because of the value that God puts on relationships, we need not only to study the subject of relationships and learn how to invest in each one of them, and also we need to learn from the Holy Spirit how to cultivate and nurture those relationships that are given to us from the Lord. Relationships can be a great source of joy and fulfillment, but they can also be a source of great pain and hardship if we don't know how to manage relationships. The heart of Christianity, according to the New Testament, is all about relationships. Relationship with God the Father, His Son, the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and of course with one another. Our harmonious relationships with each other are the foundations upon which Christ builds His church. It's important for us to understand that. And through us, through those godly relationships, He extends and establishes the influence of his kingdom. Without the strength of these relationships, there is nothing to build on. There is a verse of scripture in the book of Psalms, chapter 11, verse 3, that says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? A question mark. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? And remember, if relationships are the foundation upon which Christ works through, then what happens if those foundations are destroyed? Well, if our relationships are damaged, the Lord can do nothing. If you were the devil, say you... <laughs> You, you were the evil one and you wanted to stop the work of the Lord. What would you attack first? What would your strategy be? And this is where many times we have, most times we have the greatest problems. It's in relationships. What would you attack first? What would your strategy be? How would you go about it to destroy the Lord's work? 
attack and destroy the relationships. How? By causing major offenses, using our own carnality and our own selfishness or shortcomings. That's how the enemy works. And throughout the years of my ministry, in this city and elsewhere, I have witnessed relationships which were brought together supernaturally by God, and they held great dreams from God that were destroyed by the enemy. Again and again, I watched the evil one using our own shortcomings, our own weaknesses in the flesh, and causing great offense, which led to the breakdown of these godly relationships. They no longer function. It's just like they never existed. It's sad. It's a tragedy to allow the evil one to destroy a relationship that was brought together by the Spirit of God. And we saw this in the New Testament as well. Paul and Barnabas were brought together supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. And in the book of Acts, we read there grace arose a great argument amongst them concerning Mark. And that caused them to separate and go their different ways. And it happens today as well. There is a way, though, to stop this devastation. The New Testament gives us precise directions how to guard these relationships and protect them from the evil one. There are 58 references in the New Testament in relation to how we should treat and how we should walk towards each other. 58 references. The way we relate to one another, respect and honor one another, serve one another, love one another, pray for one another, will build a strong hedge around our fellowship, around our relationships, which will protect us and our children from the enemy's devices. Not only we will be covered and protected by the Lord, but we will also create an atmosphere of love and unity amongst us, which will draw and attract people to our fellowship. They will come because they will find love, they will find acceptance, they will find refuge amongst us. And that's what the church should be, a place of refuge from the storms of life a place where people can come and find shade from the heat of tests and trials and heartaches and sickness and disease. The very thing that will transform us, our families, our churches, and even our cities and communities is a radical demonstration of the love of God, the practical kind of love. When people come in contact with that kind of love, they cannot help it, but they will change. The Bible says it is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It's when we taste the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the forgiveness of God, that there comes a change in our lives. 
So when people come in contact with the goodness of God that is expressed through us, that is revealed through us, they will change. Amen. Now, we need to understand, and this is something that many within the church do not understand, that our commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ extends also to his body. Not just to the head, but to the rest of the body. If I make a commitment to the Lord, then I make a commitment to the Lord and his body. We cannot decapitate the Lord Jesus. We cannot be committed to the Lord and not to his body. Some people think it's just me and Jesus. As long as me and Jesus are okay, that's fine. As long as my relationship with the Lord is okay, then I'm fine. That's not the truth. That's not what the New Testament teaches. We cannot say we love God but hate our brother, John says. Listen to what he says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him that he who loves God must love his brother also. So our love towards the Lord extends to our brethren as well. Our commitment to the Lord extends to the body as well, to his body, to our brothers and sisters, especially those who have come into the same family, who are part of our spiritual family, the ones that we know, the ones that we have fellowship with. Now, walking with the Lord in this life requires that we also walk with those whom God has joined us to. Walking with those whom God joins us is not that easy because they're not perfect like the Lord Jesus is perfect. Amen. We have some imperfect, all of us have our shortcomings, our failures and our faults. We're full of imperfections. We're full of failures, shortcomings. And so living life with them will often hurt us. There's no doubt about it. You will get hurt. If you live in this world, you will get hurt one way or another. Living life with them will often disappoint us, humble us. But if we stick with them, then Christ will teach us how to be patient, how to be loving, how to be long-suffering, and how to learn to forgive one another. And that's important. Those things cannot be learned any other way, but in the context of walking with others. Most people are afraid of commitment. The fear of being hurt. The fear of being controlled. The fear of being abused becomes a major factor in keeping everyone at a distance. I'd rather not get too close. Why? Because if I get too close, I know I'm going to get hurt. So the fear of being hurt or abused keeps us far apart from one another. And we cannot truly enjoy fellowship in the spirit the way God designed relationships to enjoy.
And um, all of us have been deeply hurt by people. And especially people we have trusted, people we have loved, people we have walked with. But that's life. There are no guarantees that we will not be hurt again. That should not keep our heart from being closed to people or letting people in. Because if you're going to shut your heart uh, to, to someone, then not only, the good, not only the bad ones you'll shut out, but you'll shut out the good ones too. And there are good people that God sends your way time and time again. They keep knocking on your door. But if you are afraid to open up your heart, to trust and to learn how to relate, then you won't have what they carry. You won't enjoy the kind of relationships that God wants you to enjoy. I know every time I needed help, every time I needed, say, encouragement, sometimes the Lord would directly comfort and encourage me. But many, many times that encouragement, that comfort, that, that strength came through a godly relationship that God brought into my life. That's why I've learned to value relationships and I've learned to invest and communicate often with those whom God has brought into my life because that's how God works. And, uh, and, and he wants you to learn to receive, not just from him directly, but from the people that God placed around you. They carry things that you need. They carry wisdom that you need. They carry encouragement that you desperately need. They carry things that are very valuable and important to you. But if you close your heart to them, you won't be able to receive what they have come to give you in the Lord. That's why the Bible says he who receives a prophet in the name of the prophet will receive a prophet's reward. Amen. And some relationships come in a package that not not very attractive, <laughs> you know, but you cannot reject a relationship based on the package. You need to have discernment and and recognition of the people that God has joined you to, has connected you to, because that's vitally important for your growth and prosperity. So unless we overcome this fear of being hurt again, we cannot fully experience the blessing that godly relationships bring into our lives. When you fall off your horse, what do you do? You just stay there? No. That's not, that's not what we do. You get up, you go at it again. When you have a car accident, you don't sell your car and you say, I'm never going to drive again. No. What do you do? You get behind the wheel and you drive again. You don't let the fear of an accident keep you from driving your car. It's the same with relationships. Once we make a commitment to walk in love, regardless if others do or not, I believe then the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and he helps us and enables us to triumph in every circumstance of life, overcome offenses. That's why one of the prayers that the Apostle Paul prays for the church in Philippi, he says, and this is my prayer for you, 
that your love may abound yet more and more, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense. The Holy Spirit enables us to overcome offenses that so often uh, come knocking at our door. Oh, he didn't do what he was supposed to do. Oh, she didn't do what she was supposed to do. Oh, they didn't treat me the way they should have treated me. All of those things, the Holy Spirit comes to our aid when we make the commitment to walk in love, whether anybody else does or not. Now, recognizing those whom the Lord has joined us to and loving them unconditionally will develop Christ-like character like nothing else will. And that is so precious in the eyes of the Lord. To be able to suffer long with someone who is not easy to walk with, to be able to take an insult without insulting back, to be able to forgive someone who has hurt or grieved you in the eyes of the Lord is very precious because that's what develops Christ-like character. I believe that this is what the Lord wants me to emphasize today to all of us, to learn to love one another as Christ loved us, that our commitment must extend not just to the Lord, but to one another and to care for one another and to be sensitive towards one another and to reach out to one another. You know, you see your brother, your sister almost every week on the screen. I want to encourage you to reach out to one another to often, you know, send them a text message, ask them if they have any prayer requests, what you can pray for them. This will develop and, and nurture the relationship. So you don't just have a relationship with me, but you have a relationship with one another because you're reaching out and you're interacting with one another. Amen. And it's something that, that we need to cultivate. We need to learn how to invest in these godly relationships. To forgive one another as, as God in Christ forgave us. And to be kind and to be tender-hearted, To give mercy and much grace to one another in the Lord. That's what, that's what the body of Christ is all about. That's what we should be like. We must develop such a heart that embraces all kinds of people, bears with them, understanding where they come from. Some time ago, I had a call from someone from another country, and he wanted my, my counsel, my advice. He says, Pastor, I've been going to this church for many years, but I, I don't feel like I belong. I don't feel like that I am cared for. No one ever phones me. No one ever inquires how I am. I lost my dad recently, you know, and um, and it was painful for me. And yet I didn't have the kind of support that I needed. You know, what do you tell a person like that? I mean, 
I said, listen, if that's the case, then you need to go to the leadership of your church and share your heart with them. Don't walk away. Don't leave just because you have not been treated, in your opinion, the way you should have. Go and talk with your pastor. Go and talk with the leadership and tell them how you feel. Express your feelings to them. They will listen to you. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, they will learn something from you which they can rectify and, 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 and fix that problem and do something about it. You don't just walk away from godly relationships that, that, that you were brought together by God. You don't walk away. You talk. You communicate. One of our values in Church of the Nations is that we can put anything on the table. The one thing that we do not, and it's not negotiable, is relationships. We don't... We don't use that as a bargaining chip. We don't use relationships to threaten people. That is not negotiable. We don't walk away from people that God puts into our lives. We work at things. We try to resolve things and not just walk away. Amen? Do you agree with me? If you agree, just raise your hand, please. Praise the Lord. Now, here are some Holy Spirit directives in maintaining strong and healthy relationships. Philippians chapter 2 verse 2 says, Fulfill my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Again, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. All of the above that we've read are Holy Spirit directions in maintaining and strengthening our relationships in the body of Christ. There are many more directives given to us in the New Testament regarding relationships that refer to how we should behave and how we should relate to one another. And we need to <coughs> delve into them and study these directives, meditate on them, obey them, most important if we desire to have healthy and strong and enjoyable relationships. Paul, in giving directions concerning communion, he addressed this issue of discerning the Lord's body. Now listen to what he says. 
1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, what cause? Not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Now, please listen carefully to what Paul says to the Corinthians, and he warns them. He says, if we do not rightly discern the body of Christ not recognizing and honoring his body as we should, we will come under judgment from the Lord. Paul says that many are weak, many are sick, and many died prematurely because of the failure to discern and recognize the Lord's body. In other words, give the recognition and the honor that is due to the body of Christ because of strife, because of division, and all of those things. If we don't put them right, then we come under God's judgment. So, I need to share something with you here because it bears with what I'm teaching today. In the early 2000s, God spoke to my heart to go to Cyprus for one reason, and that is to restore my relationship with my brother as well as my dad. Now, for one reason or another, uh, my brother suffered for many years uh, under, the, under the yoke of schizophrenia. When he took his medication, he was fine. When he came off his medication, he was really not pleasant to be with and even dangerous. And whenever I would visit Cyprus with my family to see my folks, he would not even come near me. He would not even talk to me. And I didn't know why. He gave no reason. But the Lord instructed me to go and put my relationship in order with my brother as well as my dad. My dad always carried this offense that I do not trouble enough to visit him, that he wanted me to immigrate to Cyprus with my family so that I can look after him and my mother in the old age, which of course there was something that I could not do because it was not in the will of God. So I flew and I decided, and the Lord said to me, do whatever is necessary, but restore those relationships. So I went, I spoke to my dad, I humbled myself. I asked for forgiveness, even though I did not know that I've done anything wrong. And finally, he had forgiven me. And then I, I had a serious discussion with my brother. I called him into 
the room privately and I said, Savas, what is it going to take for you to forgive me? What have I done to you? We are brothers. He said, I want you to give me your inheritance. Release it to me and we will be okay. I did. I said with gladness, you mean more to me than any earthly treasure or possession. The moment I said that something broke in him and both of us wept like two little children. And when I left back and came back to, um, to, to South Africa, he sent me a letter and he said, I had a dream. And in my dream, I was in a room that was filled with darkness. And you came to visit me, he said. And when you came into the room, you turned the light on and I could see. You know, five years after that, he, he died in a freak accident. And uh, not long after that, two years after that, my dad died. But I thank God that I obeyed the Holy Spirit and restored that relationship. You know, I let go my inheritance to him, but you know, whatever I've given him, it came back to me and much more than what I have released into his hands. And so I want to encourage you today that you ask the Lord, whether there is a relationship that you need to work on and restore, because once the person is gone from this earth, it's too late. It's too late to say the things we should have said or the things we wanted to say. They're gone. Do it while they're here, because the tomorrow is not promised to anyone. And so let us, let us restore relationships. One of the trades of this ministry is Isaiah 58, verse 12, and you will be called the restorer of the bridge the, uh, of, of paths to dwell in. We are called to bring restoration to relationships, to, to the whole human being. And so let us not come under judgment from the Lord. I wonder what would have happened to me if I did not obey the Lord and did what he told me to do. Would I be alive today? I don't know. But let us judge ourselves and judge our attitude in these areas where we have failed to discern the Lord's body and repent. And so that we can come back into right relationship with the Lord. So as much as it lies with us, let us live in peace with all men. Amen. So let's conclude this message today. And I pray that the word you heard will minister to you. And I'm going to ask you just now when I finish, what did you receive from what you heard today? And I want you to come on, 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 on screen and share with us. Did the spirit say anything to you? Did something strike your spirit? But before we do that, let's conclude in prayer. Father, we thank you. We thank you for you. We thank you for the relationship we have with you. 
because of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. Thank you that you've called us into fellowship with yourself in your son through the Holy Spirit. We value and treasure this relationship, Father, for it means so much to us. Thank you for every godly relationship you brought into our lives. We appreciate you and we thank you for every person you've put alongside us to walk with us, to fellowship with us, to love us, to encourage us, and to bless us with your presence. Teach us how to value, how to honor, truly honor, and how to respect every relationship and respect our differences and learn to walk in forgiveness with long suffering, with a tender heart towards one another because of Jesus and because of what he has done for us. And we thank you for that. Holy Spirit, bring to our mind any relationship that is severed or damaged because of our insensitivity because of our selfishness. Teach us how to put it right, whatever the cost, whatever the price. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.